It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Log Talk Radio. Good evening. Welcome to another segment of Broadcasting Politics with Cisco Acosta, Luther Mays. And we were supposed to have a guest tonight, Marty Nemko, uh, family emergency. He is not going to be able to come on tonight, but he will be coming on later this month. So, uh, and it was going to be a great topic, but we'll, we'll, we'll go over the topics again uh, when he comes on. But he's definitely looking forward to having an opportunity to be on the show. Luther, how are you? Doing good. Fantastic. I uh, can't hear you that well, but, um, yeah. 516 I can hear you now. 516 Just hold on. I'm, I'm going to do my little monologue. And then we'll uh, we'll get going with the show. We have a lot to cover. As I stated just now, uh, Marty Nepko had a family emergency, and he will not be here tonight. But he is going to be coming on the show later this month. And um, we look forward to it. So welcome, 516521. Luther. So I'm just going to go briefly with, with my monologue. Um, Paul Manafort. Uh, was sentenced to 47 day, uh, 47 months. Um, this is the this is the result of the Mueller investigation. 47 months, okay. And this was for tax evasion before he joined the campaign, the Trump campaign, um, as a campaign manager. So uh, this doesn't really look presentable and <laughs> credible and uh, justifiable for two years of investigation, okay? That's part, that's part uh, number one. Uh, number two is the fact that um, the Democrats right now in the House are in the process of filing for impeachment of, uh, of President Trump. So this is, this, is, this is getting pretty serious. And, uh, again, the whole intention of the impeachment has, has been there since day one. Uh, and, and you can fool him and, 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 you know, you can like him or dislike uh, Trump. But the problem is that the Democrats were not elected to go through this process of impeachment. They were there elected to go and, and really work for the country and for the people. They've been spending time investigation, investigating. That's all. Have, I haven't seen anything, any process, any progress in regards to bills being uh, pushed forward that are going to benefit the country. Luckily, the economy is doing well. Luckily, unemployment today, 3.7%, the lowest in nearly 50 years. And what are we hearing from the mainstream media? Impeachment. <laughs> you know, so 
2020 is going to be a, a very deciding, decisive year in, in, in our country because you either are going to continue to fight off socialism, but if you want socialism, then you go ahead and vote for the party of socialism, which is the, uh, uh, the Democratic Party. So I basically... I'm looking forward to 2020, especially with so many candidates, so many Democratic candidates, Democratic socialists who are going to be parading their socialist, <laughs> their socialist, uh, I would say, <laughs> paradise that they want to implement in the United States, which is not going to work because we, as we have, as we know, and as we see what's going on in Venezuela today. So, that was my quick quick uh, monologue, uh, Luther. Any comments? Anything? Any other input out there? Will you want to um, bring up? Yeah, just uh, Trump's doing a great job, but it was just, just distracting the people with all this bull crap of these investigations. They're never going to get people, people distracted. They're not really to be done here. Yes, Luther. I lost you. Five one six five two one. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I, I I thought I lost you. The the communication uh, it's pretty pretty uh, intermittent. It, it keeps coming uh, going in and, and coming out. I mean, it's it's dropping. So let's yeah, let, let's. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now I can hear you. The Democrats are distracting the people away from what's really going on. Trump's doing a great job, but they're just coming up with all these allegations to keep the people focused on the bullshit while they're blinded to what's going on in the back there. They're not passing any bills, but I said that would happen when Trump got elected because they were blocking at the floor and getting them done. That's exactly what it's doing. And we're going to definitely have to win the Congress now to get things done again. So, we're in a two-year limbo here until the next election. The Trump's doing a great job. He's doing a great job negotiating with the Chinese leader on these tariffs coming up and explaining to him that if we fall, they fall. They're not going to get paid. If we don't get paid, so you got the Chinese leader working with Trump and you got Putin working with Trump. And they don't like it, but I mean, it's not they don't, run, they don't control this country, but the Democrats have just caused a lot of lightning bullshit. Right. 516521, do you have a. Uh, uh, would you like to comment on. Ba- yes, on uh, uh, my name is Dan Butterfuco. Thanks for having me on the show. I actually Dan. love it when Congress is in gridlock. I think they should always be in gridlock. The more gridlock, the better, because as has been famously said. Uh, no man's pocketbook or purse is safe while Congress is in session. So, yeah, let them lock themselves uh, into nothingness. And you know what? We, I'm a lawyer. I'm a trial lawyer. I know laws. We have plenty of laws. We don't need any more laws. Let's get rid of some well, of the laws we have. Actually, we only need ten laws, the Ten Commandments. That'll work. Actually, well, Dan, yeah. we only need two laws. We should, uh, we should uh, love God and love people and treat everybody the way we want to be treated. That covers everything right there. So we don't need any more laws. I'm good with the laws we got. <laughs> Dan, Dan, per- perfect. Uh, you know, uh, to my listening audience, Dan, but but a few go. Uh, 
was supposed to be coming on next week, uh, uh, but perfect that you're in on tonight. Uh, I, oh, I, I, I really appreciate tonight. it. No worries. Okay. So, Dan, Dan um, in regards to this whole process that, it, you know, as a trial lawyer, where do you, what do you see the, 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 the current Michael Cohen situation of, uh, first of all, first testimony, he lied to Congress. Second testimony, he's basically lying again to Congress. Why would Congress want to have someone who's already an accomplished liar, a pathological liar? Well, you have to understand Manafort's job. Manafort is a is a, an excellent uh, and 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 uh, high profile attorney that is very uh, very uh, doggedly pursuing an agenda, which the, that agenda, uh, whether they admit it or not, is to bring down Donald Trump. So uh, right. you know you have all, and that's not a secret. I don't I don't think everybody knows what's really happening. He happens to be, from what I could see, a very smart and very able lawyer. The problem is he's not turning up any evidence that supports what the Democrats want to see happening. And so they have to sort of settle for these lower-level convictions and uh, and then try to work with whatever they have, which, frankly, isn't much. So, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of going in circles. It's like a dog chasing their tail. They, they keep digging in the hope that they're going to find something. Maybe they right. will, maybe they won't, because you know what? There are so many laws that are out there, as I said earlier, that, uh, you know, eventually they might find something that somebody uh, uh, infracted. You know, there's a great book by a guy named Richard Silverglide called Two Felonies a Day. And the premise right. of the book is that we're all breaking the law. We're all committing at least two felonies a day because there are so many laws out there that we're not even aware of that if they want to get you, they can get you. So the problem isn't the, uh, isn't the fact that these people are any worse or any better than we are. It's just that they become targets. They've got targets on their back, and the government has too much power. And when the government has too right. much power, it can decide who they, want to pro- who they want to prosecute and who they leave alone. I mean, Hillary is guilty of lots of things, and she was left alone. Trump is unpopular with the left, and so he's, he's, he's the target of an attack. Uh, let's just hope you and I don't become targets of an attack, because if they want to get you, they'll get you. Uh, it's sort oh. of becoming like the Middle Ages. Uh, so I, 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 as I'm getting older, I'm leaning more towards libertarian because the country is not like the country I grew up in in the 60s and 70s, when we certainly had right, freedoms. Right. Now they watch everything you do, and there's laws governing where you can go to the bathroom, what you can cook, where you can eat, where you can stay. <laughs> And it's just it's getting right. worse. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's problematic. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know how this is going to end, whether they'll find something because there's power on both sides. But it's a huge distraction. But as far as that goes, I'm happy for the distraction because, as I said, I don't want them to pass any more laws. Let's get rid of some of the laws we had. It's one of the things Trump did right. He deregulated the country, got rid of a lot of regulations, as you rightly pointed right. out. Uh, you know, unemployment is almost at an all-time low, and that's how the country naturally does when you unleash the animal spirits and you let people work for a living and actually tend their own business, you know, instead of spending all that time complying with regulations. I mean, I know as a trial lawyer handling negligence cases, I spend a good part of my time trying to comply with tax law and other meaningless regulations, and it's very distracting from the business of keeping people employed and making a living. So but it, but it is what it is. So Dan, Dan, uh, 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 well, hold on. I, I want Dan to introduce himself because unexpectedly 
uh, I, we had we had um, Mr. Marty Nemka, who, who basically uh, last minute he had a family uh, issue. Um, can you just basically give yourself a, a brief description of what you've done and the sure. books that you've written? Yeah. And uh, as a no trial problem. lawyer, my uh, for, yeah, yeah, my name is Dan Butterfuco. I'm not related to Joey Butterfuco, although it's spelled the same way. Uh, I'm a trial lawyer. I practice injury and personal injury law and malpractice law. I represent injured victims all over the country. Done it for about 40 years. We've got cases in 20 states. My website is 1-800-NOWHURT.com. I'm also an amateur theologian. I have a master's degree in theology. And I just wrote a book recently called Consider the Evidence. A trial lawyer examines eyewitness testimony in defense of the reliability of the New Testament. And um, what, what I do is I try to incorporate uh, the principles of the Bible, which I believe are the word of God, uh, into my law practice. And I also try to um, represent people with that mind. And, you know, we, we try to help seriously injured accident victims and malpractice victims get compensation. I know trial lawyers are generally looked at as the enemy, but there is a way to handle these things with integrity. We only take cases that are real. And um, lately I've been speaking in a lot of churches and, you know, promoting this book because it, it seems that people are very interested in the legal uh, aspects of the evidence as it relates to the reliability of the New Testament because there's actually very good evidences for the Christian faith. And I think that's the underlying problem of all, or not, if not most of our problems in America, is that we've gotten away from what made us great which is uh, not Donald Trump or anything else. What made us great is, is our, our adherence to the word of God and our right. adherence to a Judeo-Christian ethic in which we exalt life and we promote godliness and good values and we try to live even though we're imperfect according to the good book. And so what, what I've been trying to do is trying to get people back to basics, which is the Bible. And right. even in churches today, we've strayed from the Bible. You know, we have people cheering in New York from churches clergymen cheering this late-term abortion, post-birth uh, abortion bill, which is sickening on a level I can't even describe because how anybody who claims to be a man or a woman of God can find that to be something that's laudable is, is deranged and demonic. But we, people aren't calling it out because we've sort of adopted this politically correct speech. We're afraid to say what's right. We're afraid to call a spade a spade. We're afraid to stand up for truth and and for justice in the American way, and I don't want to sound like a Superman commercial, but the fact <laughs> is that there are certain objective moral values that should pervade any society, and when we stray from these things, we're inviting danger and judgment on ourselves. And, you know, the most innocent of all people are the unborn. So when right. society gets corrupt, it passes corrupt laws. And, in fact, the more corrupt it gets, the more laws it passes, which is what I said right. earlier about having too many laws. So uh, my, my goal is... Uh, is to uphold justice, which is a God concept, and to uh, use the Bible as a, as a way to sort of get people to think about what constitutes true morality, and not to get into all the weirdness that we're seeing out there, which is just, frankly, mental illness disguised as some kind of, you know, give it a label or a name, and then we're promoting it. So, you know, it was interesting because now the big deal is, is gender um, you know, issues, right? And you, I don't right. know if you saw this, but one of the chief psychologists of, of, uh, of was it John Hopkins University said that gender issues, gender identity issues is a mental illness. And if we try to change people's genders, we're just encouraging them in, in, in a mental illness. 
Now, look, I'm not well, an expert on that. This is what he's saying. So the country's gone right. far afield, and we can expect more chaos to come unless we get back to the to the word of God. Well, you know, you're 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 a fellow New Yorker. I'm a I'm I'm a fellow New Yorker too. I, I can I, I can sense that New York accent uh, all the way. <laughs> Born and raised in the Bronx, buddy. Yeah, uh, Manhattan. <laughs> so we're we're both from the from New York. Uh, but the are, are you were you surprised at Governor Cuomo? Uh, proceeding since he, he's a, a Roman Catholic, and then the church says that they were going to excommunicate him, and then they turned back and said, no, that wouldn't be right. What, what's your take on, on, on that whole process of uh, well, listen, the church? I, I'm, not, I'm not Governor Cuomo's judge. He has to answer to, to God like we all do. Uh, right. I, but I, I tell you what, you know, I wouldn't want to be him and, 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 and take that kind of position, which is so contrary to all the values that Jesus upholds, you know, you know, the word abortion is not in the Bible. All right. I get that. But, you know, Jesus said we ought to do unto others the way we want to have things done unto us. Well, if you're looking to abort a fetus before it even gets out of the starting gate to have its life, his or her life, I, I don't see how by any definition that can be considered something positive or something that is in accord with the values that Christ taught us. So, you know, he claims to be a Christian. He claims to be a Roman Catholic, which is a form of Christianity. But right. uh, to sit there and to, and to pass laws like this and, and applaud them as if we're doing good, it shows a, a complete lack of understanding of what the New Testament teaches, what Jesus stood for. And, you know, it, it's just, it's troubling. I, 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 I don't know that he's a bad guy or a good guy. I'd like to meet him. I'd like to talk to him, maybe explain to him, you know, that he's, he's gotten far afield. But, you know, sometimes these people do these things just for votes. And if the fetus could vote, I can tell you this, we wouldn't have abortion. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, well, uh, my uh, co-host, uh, Luther, do you have a question for Dan? Well, I, had a, 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 I want to come back about something he said a little while ago about Congress, and they're not they're not working together, and that's good because the more the more they're working together, the more damage they do. So good luck's a good thing. My Trump's out starting them with a good economy, so you know that's kind of a good thing. Yeah, I, I, I see it that way because you know it's not like they're passing these great laws. You know, certainly you can use an infrastructure bill because I don't know about you, but I pay a ton of taxes, and the roads outside my house look like Liberia. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. I've been to Liberia, you know. Liberia is a rough place. But, but I, I was driving today. I almost lost a tire in a pothole that was the size of, a, a you know, a birthday cake. And, and uh, you know, we, we – we, uh, I don't know what people do who, if they're poor people and they break an axle or they lose a tire. That could be the difference between going to work or not going to work. It could make someone homeless. So the Democrats claim that they're in favor of helping poor people. You know, if I break a tire or an axle, I can afford to replace it. But what does the poor guy do that's living paycheck to paycheck? He drives over these disgusting roads, and everybody's worried about nonsense, the, the things that are discussed as important are nonsense, and we can't even get the roads fixed. Let's get the roads fixed. Residents of Michigan $400 a year because of holding the roads, and then they want to raise the gas here, 45 cents in the last few days have been talking about, but people are upset because 
They're never going to fix the roads. They're going to raise the gas tax, pass, pass this and that, and then the money goes never goes back in the roads. or letting the infrastructure of this country fall apart. People's cars are getting drunk. And it's just designed to hurt the poor people. And then well, you know, have right. Yeah, Bernie... Yeah, Bernie Sanders and, and OAC talking about free tuition for, for college. Look, <laughs> I paid my way through college. You know what I mean? I, I got a loan and I paid it off because I ended up making a living. I actually studied something that would help me to make a living. I know that's shocking well, these days because people study basket weaving and, and uh, you know, how to pet your dog. Those are the courses that you learn in college. So it, it gets well, a little ridiculous and so they wonder why they can't get jobs. And then they wonder why they can't pay their loans. But where are we getting this money to give everybody all this free stuff? Well, we can't. I pay forty thousand a year in taxes on my house in New York. Forty thousand dollars, and I drive out my driveway, and, and I practically lose my car in the pothole. So something's not right. Dan, Dan, I think Dan, I think I think you have you have the talent to be a comedian. Also, you're making me laugh. <laughs> well, it's, it's it, you have to laugh because. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. I mean, if you've done any traveling, I don't know if you guys have done any traveling. I, I love to go abroad. You'll actually get angry. If you go into an airport in Germany and you see how beautiful and new everything is, and, and, and then you realize that we're paying the bill for NATO, you wonder why Trump is saying what he's saying. Their roads are perfect. Go to Switzerland. They don't even know what a pothole is in Switzerland. Nice. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I was just in Holland last year, and I was in Switzerland. Two years ago, I know exactly what you're saying. And the roads are, I, I drove in, in Europe and, uh, and the roads are totally perfect. And of course, getting, uh, like in Holland, my cousin who lives in Holland, they're paying 50%, even 60% uh, taxes. At least you see the result of it. If, you, if you're paying 40% or 30% in New York, if you get on the London Expressway or you get on the BQE, I mean, it's horrible. The potholes everywhere. I mean, well, that's right. You don't even know if you're going to arrive at your destination. I mean, right? right. And, and not only that, it, you, you need to go to the dentist when you're done because your teeth are so jarred from from the, from the banging you receive on the way to work. It's it's it's, it's got to cost you money in dental bills too. It's, it's really crazy what's going on. We have bridges collapsing. We have dams that are going to break. And, 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 and we, we, we just keep spending money on, on, on crazy stuff. I mean, where, where, is, where are the tax dollars going? I, I don't get it. Well, I guess Congress, they have a perpetual care package. You just get elected for one term and you get free, uh, you know, uh, stuff for the rest of your life, free health care that I can't buy, and I make a great living. I can't afford yeah. the health care that Congress gets. So, you know, we have a ruling class. We need term limits is what we need because we've got to address the problems of everyday people. And so, I mean, I'm not really that political, to be honest. I'll vote, I'll vote for a monkey if you'll get the job done. You're the first guest that I've had in, in four years that has, it actually makes me laugh. <laughs> As I said, don't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> but on a serious note, uh, in regards to the whole situation in New York, you know, New York has become, I mean, I, born and raised my life in, in New York. Uh, it, it, it's, it's changed so much over the years. In your opinion, how do you see the future of New York City in the state of New York? Because right now, 
I mean, like you said, 40% taxes. I mean, it just keeps Amazon's uh, decline to go to Long Island City because of the whole situation with uh, uh, AOC uh, saying that, you know, they're not paying their share. Um, you know, I well, think she, scared, she scared the life out of Bezos there. I mean, he, we, we had a decent deal in place. She didn't right. understand the deal, so she started complaining, rallied up some support from a bunch of other non-thinkers, and then, you know, uh, next thing you know, Bezos had, headed for the hills. And, and I, I honestly can't blame him. Uh, right. Maybe Cuomo could save the deal because it would have been very good for New York. You right. know, but, you know, th- th- how do I see the future? Look, at, at it, President looks bleak, but I lived through the 70s in New York. And if you remember, New York was almost bankrupt yep. in the 70s. And, yep. uh, you know, it took a uh, Rudy Giuliani to turn it around. And then Bloomberg uh, took it to the next level, did a great job. I would vote for Bloomberg for president, you know. Uh, if he well, was he, he, he's not running. I'd really he, vote for him. He, he's not running. Um, no, he's he, not running. He, he, it looks like Biden's going to run. And he's, but, but Bloomberg did a wonderful job with New York City. And, and, you know, what we need is we need somebody with common sense to, to, to make common sense solutions to people's everyday problems. Um, you know, now I'm you're starting to step over homeless people again in New York City. And I have nothing right. against homeless people. I actually, I was on a homeless ministry board for 20 years called New York City right. Relief. And I, I, I've supported the homeless. I've given hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of dollars to the homeless. But the thing is, uh, I, I don't want to step over them when I go to see a Broadway show with my wife. And not only that, a lot of people feel that way. No, I know. I mean, yeah. I, I, I grew, I, I grew up, I grew up on the Upper West Side. So, uh, and I just went back in November, and 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 you're you're absolutely correct. I mean, they're all over. I mean, they're they're, they're laying down at the church that I would go at the school, the grammar school that I went to. I mean, it's totally out of control. But um, you know, a, a lot of these states, uh, New York, California, Illinois, all these blue states, they're basically. You know they're 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 on the verge of bankruptcy because they're they're just the spending is just uh, middle class in in New York. Uh, they're, they're, people are leaving in droves. They're leaving and moving out of New York and New Jersey, all these blue states. Again, you're right. Giuliani came into the picture, but I think all, all, a lot of these new so-called leaders from the Democratic Party are moving gearing themselves more towards the socialism slash communism mentality. Would you agree? Yeah, well, you know, socialism is, is, the, is the premise that we all should be equal and, you know, everybody should have the same amount. That, well, communism is that, and, but at the bottom, because it's not possible for us to be all equal and, and have a high standard of living. So if, if you if you if we insist on equality, which is a, you know sort of a um, the mantra of, of of the left, and also you know a sort of a warped version of what it means to be American, this idea of equality for all, you know it, it's it's a fact that we are not all equal. I can't dunk a basketball. You know what I mean? No matter how much I try, I can't dunk a basketball. I'm, we're not all equal. Everyone has different talents, different abilities. And, uh, you know, d- different strengths and different weaknesses. And so just by that alone, we know that we're not all going to achieve the same things. What, 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 what the uh, Declaration of Independence means when it says all are equal, it means that we all have equal worth. We should all have equal rights. 
we should all be equal under the law. But it doesn't mean that we're equal as people. I mean, I have three kids, and they're not equal to each other. They're all different. Right. Anybody with a brain right. knows that, right? So, so the, the, the idea of forcing everybody to be in, in the same mold so that we all think and act alike is, is very troubling. You know, we need to allow for individualism, and, and we need to have the animal spirits of uh, people released so that they can achieve what God destined for them to achieve and to sink or swim on their own merits. And that's the only way the country is going to move forward. And, you know, I, I just hope that we understand that. If that happens, we'll have a great and bright future. But if we insist on sort of, you know, trying to uh, conform people to unrealistic uh, expectations that are theoretical, that you know, college professors come up with that don't work in reality, uh, then we're going to be in for a rude awakening. And it's not going to be pretty. So, right, I don't really right. know what else and, to add to that. Well, we 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 won't we won't be we we don't want to be uh, Venezuela. That's that's the. Oh, uh, look what happened! How fast that country went downhill, and it's got tremendous oil wealth, uh, but exactly. they squandered it all, and uh, you know they've made a real wreck out of it. And it doesn't take long for that to happen, and that's the scary part. In less than in less than in less than ten years, Venezuela went from having more oil, which they I mean they still have, uh, but being a very civilized country. In ten years, they've gone to what what what's become today, uh, 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 basically uh, a, a shithole, socialist paradise. Well, the same thing is sort of going on in South Africa, you know, because South yeah. Africa has tremendous natural resources, uh, most notably the, one of the largest sources of palladium in the world. And the mines have become so dysfunctional and the employment situation has become so dysfunctional that, the, that they can't produce what they should be producing. And consequently, the price of palladium, which there's great demand for because it works in catalytic converters, has skyrocketed. And they they can't get 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 their uh, their act together there. So the, and the country's suffering because it's become like the private piggy bank to the to the uh, political elite there. So it, it's it's going to go the way of Zimbabwe soon. Well, uh, Dan, Dan, the other the other aspect of what's happening in South Africa is the the uh, the political uh, class. And the political party is going after the white farmers. You know, it's become a, a, a genocide that no one is talking about. Well, it already happened in Zimbabwe, where they, you know, where they were singing yeah. about, you know, kill the white person. You know, it, you know, exactly. racism in any form is very ugly. You know, it's wrong when it's against blacks. It's wrong when it's against browns. It's wrong when it's against yellow and is wrong when it's against white. And, and I remember growing up in church that, you know, God is colorblind. We used to sing red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the children of the world. So anybody with a brain does not judge somebody based on their skin color. I mean, that's just, right. that's barbaric and primitive, right? We, 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 we should only judge people on their character and uh, on, on their, on their intellects and on their brains and their abilities and 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 not on 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 the basis of skin color. It's just, just insane. I, but yeah, I, because I to, people I are totally jealous, agree. and mm-hmm. it, gets, it gets weird and it gets ugly. And I think I think that's the devil's work when you start judging people by their skin color. 
No, I agree. I mean, that, but that's 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 reality. It's happening in in South Africa, and there's the the lack of media coverage of what is happening is really really horrible. I mean, and and no one is talking about it except us right here. Um, um, President Trump signed the um, criminal justice reform as a trial lawyer. I know there's been a lot of debates in regards to how the justice system is not fair to people of color. Uh, how do you see this criminal justice reform bill that has been proposed by Donald Trump, who's been accused of being a racist, but, you know, Bill Clinton, who was the one who passed, who signed the toughest drug laws in the in the history of the United States, as I recall, is considered to be the the first black president. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I don't I don't know the particulars of of this bill, but I will say say this: we have the highest percentage of our population in prison of any civilized country in the world, any developed country in the world, modern and developed country. So. That's a problem. We have way too many people in jail. It's, it costs us money to keep them in jail. It costs us money two ways. It costs us money to house them and to feed them and to clothe them. That's number one. On the other hand, it also costs us money because we remove uh, these people from productive roles in society. They are no longer the fathers they should be or the mothers they should be, and the fallout from their absence is felt in the next generation. And we raise up another generation of dysfunctional youth because they're missing parents. And they don't get to produce because they don't work in the economy. So we're getting hurt like nine different ways by putting people in jail that really shouldn't be in jail. I am 100% putting violent criminals in jail. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there are a lot of low-level offenses where people would be better off serving community uh, time and, and, and community service or paying huge fines excuse me, or working in such a way as to give back for what they've done. Certainly, for low-level drug offenses, we should not be putting people in jail when all they're hurting is their own bodies. They need rehabilitation and they need jobs. And now, with unemployment at 3.7% and falling daily, it seems, we are having the toughest time finding people to fill the, you know, the requirements of employment that the country's going to need. We need roads, as I said. We need things to be built and we need jobs in factories and we can't seem to find the people where are they they're in jail and that needs to that needs to stop we I, I, we probably should empty half of the jails right and just probably have half as many people in prison and take the people mm -hmm. out that are not dangerous and find something for them to do and make them pay their debt somehow but get them and make them productive i'm all about getting people to be productive right that's well, how right, I, I feel about so if the bill accomplishes that then i'm 100% for it well, Luther, me, Luther, uh, it's your turn. So, uh, well, we let half the people out of jail. The, the unemployment would get a lot higher now, wouldn't it? They're profiting when they put people in jail. Jails are privately owned nowadays. Um, they use people in jail to do the parks. Um, that's you know, it's just a big. Uh, our country is going backwards. We want to forget about the potholes and go back to dirt roads because if we keep going backwards, this will be true. I don't see us going very far. What are we going to do after Trump's death? People need to think about that. 
Who's going to replace Donald Trump? You agree? I, I'm having trouble hearing you, Luther. Yeah, yeah. What I did hear. Yeah. But what I did hear, I heard what you said about us going back to dirt roads, and it does yeah. seem that it, 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 that's happening uh, in some ways. Um, yeah. Who would replace Donald Trump? I, I have no idea. Um, I, I just it, it, it scares me to think what's going to happen in the next presidential election. Um, I just don't like the way the country's going. But maybe right. uh, maybe we'll get somebody in here. Maybe we can get a a figure in at some point. Maybe in in two two elections from now, that could sort of unify the country, and we can get back to the business of governing. That I don't have a problem. But let's not pass any more crazy laws. Right. Enough of well, those. well, uh, Dan. One of the key provisions in this new justice reform bill is that it would lower the minimum sentences for those convicted under the three strike policy which was basically implemented with, within uh, the, the Clinton era, from life to 25 years. What do you think about that? Well, I don't like the idea of sentencing guidelines that have to be slavishly adhered to. And the reason for that is because I've done enough court work to know that every situation is different. And you have to give judges discretion, and you've got to give lawyers room to advocate because, like I said, no, no two situations are alike. And I think that if you tie the judge's hands and you make sentencing a robotic uh, issue, then you're going to get unjust results. And I, I've actually been in situations where the judges wanted to be lenient, and, and they should have been lenient, but because of a sentencing guideline, they couldn't be lenient, and it would have resulted in a very harsh result. So, I, I, you know, and I get, look, and I know that there are some judges that are just crazy and they do stupid things, and those are the cases that get publicized, you know, where they let, they let off a child molester or something like that, and he gets off with a two-week sentence. But that's sort of a rare situation. It's horrible when it happens, but those are the outliers, and that's why they make it into the press. But by and large, the system works, and let, let, let's get intelligent judges, and let's, get, let's let them make intelligent decisions. And, yeah, as far as minimums and maximums, I think we should give the discretion to the judge and, and, and let the lawyers do their job. And if, it's pro- if everybody does their job, the system will work. Well, the, 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 the new legislation is going to give the judges more leeway to bypass mandatory minimum sentences. And that would be a good thing, offense, in my opinion. To reduce penalties for drug-related offenses. So I think that's, that's, a, that's a good step forward. Right, because you don't want to ruin lives. I mean, you can take people when they're young, they do stupid things. Who hasn't done something stupid when they're 20, right? I mean, that's part of growing up, you know. And God forbid you get caught and it ruins your whole life when, you know, you would have been an otherwise productive citizen. So, you know, in that way, I think that we have to allow for people to grow up and to be rehabilitated. Again, violent crime is something else. Somebody that does something really horrible, they need to pay the price. I I don't have a problem with that, but... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm of the belief that um, most drugs should be legalized and controlled, mainly because people are going to do them anyway, and we, we, we can't seem to stop the flow, and it just creates more crime. So if somebody wants to take drugs, then let them take drugs. But, you know, uh, the fact that the way the system works now just encourages more people to take them because the drug, the drug dealers have to steal and to kill and to peddle to support their habit. Um, so it just it just breeds more drug dealers. So 
I don't know. It's, it's a thorny question. I'm not really sure what the answer is. It needs to be studied, but I don't think harsh jail sentences are the answer. I, I, I don't, I don't well, believe that's the case. Basically, the, the, the three-strike policy was basically you, you were convicted and you were put for life. Now, according to this bill, you'll be reduced from life to 25 years. That seems to be somewhat, uh, somewhat positive, a positive uh, result of this new reform bill. Yeah, I, I mean, still 25 years is a long time, even with time served and, and uh, yeah. reductions for good behavior. You're still looking at doing two-thirds of that, um, you know, pretty much. So that's still a lot of time uh, away from your family and everything else. But, yeah, it really, is, it should be done on a case-by-case basis, I think. Right. Uh, okay. And also, right now, we have over 2 million Americans that are incarcerated. incarcerated. That also part of the legislation would be will overhaul that sentencing policy, which I think again it's, it, it would be a, a positive, you know, moving forward. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I sort of heard Luther say something about the prisons being privately owned and built, and that is true. Yes, and as soon yes. as you make you put a profit motive involved in building prisons, then you encourage people to have more prisoners, right? Because you know, right. they they start to have a say in in the political process. Those who are making all this money, and uh, as a result, you get a skewed result because you're going to have more prisoners. So I, I think that uh, that shouldn't shouldn't be uh, the case. I think that should be a government function. I don't think we should privatize that. Uh, but even if if we do, for whatever reasons, we we should be very careful that we lighten the bur- burden. Uh, on society and not have so many prisoners. I just think we're putting way too many people in jail. And certainly uh, it seems to be uh, we are discriminating against people of color. For whatever reason, they're disproportionately affected. Probably that has to do with, um, you know, their inability to hire hire good lawyers or, or, or the prejudice that they encounter in the justice system. There could be a myriad of reasons for that. But definitely. It, it, it definitely seems to impact the African American community way too much, and and that's uh, that's that's a sad sad uh, state of definitely. affairs. Six one two five four five. Do you have a question for Dan? <clears throat> uh, yes, sir. Was just a couple points there. You mentioned this idea of legalizing drugs. Were you going as far as trying to say legalizing things like cocaine and heroin as well, or are you just referring to just to marijuana? No, I, I I I haven't really thought this through. I mean. I would certainly, certainly, we're already seeing marijuana be legalized before our eyes. And, you know, I guess the jury is still out on what that's going to look like. I, nobody, including me, wants to take, you know, a position of saying flat out we need to legalize these things because it does sound like you're saying it's okay to do it. Um, and I'm not saying that it's okay. Uh, but we, we've tried to... Um, uh, combat it by by harsh sentencing and by really trying to uh, diminish the flow, either you know uh, uh, you know by put, imprisoning the people who supply it. But the, the right. pull for it, the demand for it, is so strong that we really don't have the resources to deal with it. And it seems to be like we're shoveling sand against the tide. So I I, I, I'm, I am not advocating for legalizing dangerous or harmful drugs. Uh, so I, I'm not really sure what the answer is, but I suspect that if we do legalize those those types of drugs, that we would probably cut down on demand, and eventually all the junkies would just die out. 
but that's a, it's tough to get to that point. So I'm not coming out and saying that, and I really don't want to say it because I do have a moral problem with it. So it's, it's a thorny problem. I I don't really know what the answer is. Right, and then when you brought up the issue with harsh sentencing, I don't know if you remember, but the the harsh sentencing was in response to the massive crime we saw back in the 80s and 90s when we had skyrocketing murder rates, you know, drug dealing, gang banging was just exploding all over the country. And yeah, it was, that know, was what happened. Well, what, what happened there to? is that they all killed themselves. They all right, killed. No, no, you know, the drug wars of the 80s. Thing. But hold on. The harsh sentence led to the lowering of the crime rate significantly. You can look this up. Crime rates in almost every category have gone down significantly since the late 80s and early 90s when it was at an all-time high. And so yeah, this I, idea I, of, I, like, I don't, softening I don't crime, that. suffering punishment, that's not going to do anything. All that's going to do is encourage crime. Hard sentencing is there to deter criminals. I, I know it was because I grew up in that environment of drug dealing. My, my brother and a lot of people I knew were involved in that lifestyle. And if you think this whole being soft on crime thing is going to somehow make things better, all you're going to do is you're going to have more criminals back on the streets, and they're going to be more emboldened to do it because they have mm-hmm. less fear of serving serious time. And I'm telling you, someone right. who knows these type of people, the only thing they fear and respect is the law and the threat of going to prison for a significant period of time. That's all they fear. You take I that agree away, well, or well, losing crazy. money. I mean, if, if they couldn't make money, they would they would fear that too. I mean, if 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 they if they weren't it wasn't a profit motive, you know, they wouldn't supply the drugs. But I agree. Look, I agree with much of what you're saying. Uh, I I think a lot of the studies have said that it's not so much the harshness of the sentence that is the deterrent, but the the actual certainty of getting caught and being punished. So it, 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 there's, there's a lot of data out there on that. I'm not familiar with all of it. Again, I'm not in well, favor of those two things of, go of, together. Do they well, not? I mean, you have to find the correct balance between, you know, uh, the harshness of the sentence and, the, and also the certainty of enforcement because, you know, the, the sentence could be very, very harsh. You know, it could be life in prison, but if it's right. a remote chance of getting caught, then that emboldens, pe- emboldens people also. So... Look, yeah, you, I'm not, you wouldn't I'm not think that a criminal would be drug less likely I don't to give do you the something. wrong idea. I please, well, I, I'm I, saying I, you wouldn't think a criminal would be less likely to, to commit a crime if they knew that one, there's a there's a high chance they could get caught, and number two, if they do get caught, they're going to serve a lot of time. You don't think that would be a, a deterrent at all? No, no, of course not. I do think it's a deterrent, but I think the greatest okay, so deterrent so then, is, is then the let's use let's use the logic you used earlier. Let's apply this softening, which is what this whole criminal justice reform nonsense is. Let's say now you're going to get less time in prison, and they're going to be less likely to enforce it because apparently in, in our current generation, we believe criminals are victims now in America. I don't know why that happened, but let's right. say that ends up being the case. So now people get the mindset of, oh, so now I'm not going to do as much time, and all oh, law enforcement is not going to come down as heavy on us like they used to. You think that's going to lead them to say, oh, maybe we should stop, or it's going to encourage them to say, oh, but now we can really set up shop. Well, it's a great it's a great point, but I don't think I think a twenty year sentence is quite a deterrent, as opposed to a life sentence. It may not be that much more of a deterrent, and you know you always have to allow for people who do make mistakes and maybe get trapped. I, I for example, I have a have a friend who's a very good guy, a very productive member of society, who uh, was uh, was busted as a as a as a high school kid, uh, you know, transporting a fairly large amount of cocaine for somebody. He did it stupidly. He got caught, and you know he 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 got stuck with a felony, which really has trailed him his whole life. 
And it's so out of character for who he is as a person now that you almost can't even believe he did it. I imagine that there are a lot of people in that situation uh, right. that, you know, maybe you're just in the wrong, hanging with the wrong people. And, right. you know, we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to right. sort of but, solidify people in a criminal lifestyle where, because if, no, we, no, if, on, we, if we hit them too hard, they'll never be that. productive. But hold on, time out. Whose fault is it? Number one. Oh, it's his fault. There's no doubt about okay, it. Okay, bingo. Then yeah. let's so so let's not let's not reject personal responsibility here. I mean, oh, come no, on. I'm, I'm not I'm not in favor. I, listen, I'm a trial lawyer and I sue people. I, my whole career is based on forcing people to accept personal responsibility. I'm just right. saying that we have to balance. Uh, we, we don't want to be overly harsh because oh, you know if you're overly harsh, that that could be counterproductive. Also, we have to find the right balance. In law enforcement, right. and I'm hardly so, an expert in that. I, you okay, have, so but you have, to have a lot more data. Do you sense that they're victimizing a criminal is uh, uh, going on right now? Hold, hold on, hold on, six one two. Hold on, I need to. But Dan, Dan, uh, statistics just came out that in New York City, crime has rates have gone up. Is that that could be the reason that basically criminals are saying, you know, hey, New York and New York State, they're basically becoming very lax about, you know, implementing and, and, and uh, really tar- tough, harsh, you know, punishment. And they're, they're taking advantage because, as you stated, when Giuliani came into power, basically New mm-hmm. York City changed. So as the caller, 612 caller, is saying, these softer, you know, softening the, uh, the legislation and the punishment actually increases crime. Well, well, okay, I get, I get his point. He makes a good point. But what I want to distinguish is between the certainty of getting caught versus the harshness of the sentence. And if you recall, under Giuliani, he was enforcing even minor infractions and what, like such as like, uh, like uh, turnstile jumping in the subway. And right, what, right. what was happening is when they did that, they were finding that people who were doing those things were also breaking other laws, such as carrying concealed weapons and, and other things. So exactly. um, now, now what's happened, and you're right, the, 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 the crime rates are going up in New York. Well, it depends on how you look at the statistics. There are actually a lot less crimes being reported so it looks like that the crimes are going down, when in reality they may be going up because they're just the police are not enforcing them. And that's actually what I think is happening. I think that on the de Blasio, the police have been emasculated, and they're afraid of getting in trouble, and they're afraid of, of picking on people for minor offenses and, and this whole stop and, and, and frisk thing that they were doing right. for a while. I forget if that's the right term, but um, yeah. they, they, they backed off of that. And so as a result, you're getting less reported crimes because you're having less police activity and it may exactly. seem like the crime rates going down, but in, in reality, it's, that's what's emboldening, emboldening criminals. And that comes back to my point, which I think it's the certainty of getting caught or actually the likelihood of getting caught. That is the deterrent, not so much the harshness of the sentence, although that is certainly a fact. I'm not going to say it's not, but I think, I think all of the studies really reinforce the idea that it's more like the, it's more of the certainty or the likelihood of getting caught, that's the biggest right. deterrent. Look, everybody agrees with that. I'm saying those two, those two things that go hand in hand. But let's address one thing. Prior to uh, Giuliani taking over things in New York and redoing how they can force law, what was New York City like before him? Oh, Especially well, I can tell you firsthand. It horrible, was, wasn't horrible, good. Horrible. Exactly. 
And so what did he do? He came in, heavy-handed style, extreme law enforcement, tougher sentencing. They had the stop and frisk. And did, was yeah. that successful, yes or no, when it came to lowering crime? In I think it was. Yeah. Right? It is. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. I mean, anyone with a brain can see that. And so the fact that basic logic and common sense would tell you that you don't need to have a Ph.D. in criminal justice to understand that. Anyone with a, even a third-grade education would be able to figure that out. But the problem is we have leftists in our country that, number one, mm-hmm. they fundamentally right. victimize criminals. They don't. They don't. They reject the idea of personal responsibility, especially when it comes to minority criminals. And I say this as a black man myself. African American mm-hmm. criminals are probably the most supposed victimized and most excused criminals in our country, even though they right. gave, they, they they commit a disproportionate level of violent crime, especially murder, drug dealing, gang banging, it's through the roof. But yet they are the, they are always excused under the umbrella of racism, and people no, have the audacity to say that. I don't think yeah, it's it an excuse. Crime at all. It is. I mean, let's be. I'm, I'm keeping it real here. Let's cut the political nonsense. Let's be real for a second. It's all an excuse. They're saying that because someone's quote unquote black, now it's somehow acceptable or it should be excused if that person goes out and murders someone, or rapes someone, or steals from somebody, or engages in drug dealing or gang banging. Somehow it's acceptable because he grew up in a white supremacist society that limited his opportunities. Therefore, he's okay to do that. <laughs> That's a bunch well, of. I, I, I certainly would not ever say that. <laughs> that well, that's what we're hearing I, from I, I do today. Think, I do think that justice and I now. do think that justice and mercy go hand in hand, and we have to know when to when to be harsh and when to be merciful. I, I think that's that's a God concept. But, um, it's, but it's a it's a there is a, there's a place in our system for mercy, and there is a place for for punishment. And I, I think it's on a case by case basis. So I hate to generalize over these things because. You know, these are real lives at stake. They're not just animals that should be punished or, you know, I, and I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm excusing crime, believe me. I don't like crime, and I do believe in personal responsibility. But we, we just have to find the correct balance. You know, in the Middle Ages, you know, people were, were, were tortured to death for, for seemingly, to, by today's standards, minor infractions. Can I say something? And yeah, well, I don't know that we right. want to go we'll back to right. that. You'll be right. You'll be right. Uh, uh, one, one, one. Uh, you're next. Okay, I appreciate you taking my calls, Mike. I mean, you know, uh, from Michael Cohen, you said pathological. R. Kelly is pathological. And the whole system is pathological. How about that? What does that even mean? Well, I think what you're saying can is you- that we're all broken. Can you clarify? Can you beings. clarify what? Yeah. Can you yeah, clarify yeah, yeah. that? I, I say, from the head, from Trump to the bottom, everybody are pathological. <laughs> pathological liars? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, At, we're not talking. We're not discussing. Mike, Mike, this- all of America's that way? Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, pretty much. I mean, tell me who is not pathological. I mean, lawyers are pathological in order to win something that we know that is not uh, okay. the person. Okay. Did the are, are, are you, like, you like from the United States? OJ. Are you from the U.S.? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you, that's what you think about America? <laughs> okay. No, no. I mean, the no, okay. So let me ask you this. If you think America's system is that broken, is there a better system in the world than the American system? Exactly. Yeah. Where? Uh, yeah. Okay. Mike. That is right now. All systems are broken in the world, globally. Okay, I got that. But I'm saying if you compare them, 
Which one has the best system of all of them, of all the countries? All of them sucks. No, I but, get that they all uh, suck, but some. Of, uh, do you think that some of them are better than others, or they're all the same? All system has impurities. They need to take uh, impurities out in order to become pure. We understand that. That's Land. common sense. Uh, I'm asking yeah. you if you compare all the countries, which one has the best system? None of them. Tell me. Uh, okay. I mean, okay. So you think well, you think that America and let's say Afghanistan is the same, right? I mean, all. I mean, the whole world. European Union, to Russia, China, Australia. Okay. I didn't ask you about that. I asked you a specific question. Are you telling me that the U.S. system and the Afghanistan system are the same? Okay. All of them are okay, my, impurities. Okay, so All of them liars. Do you understand, what, do you understand logic and reason, or are you just, are you just going to come on here just to bash America? Is that what you're trying to no, do? No, 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 yeah. no, no, Mike. no. I mean, if if you want to know the yeah. truth, everything is, 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 is not in the right okay. direction. Right, so is America better than Afghanistan, yes or no? <laughs> All right, we're gonna go, we're gonna move on. We're, we're gonna move oh, you on. see, you can't answer that because you just wanted to come on here and shit on our country. No, that's no, what you no, wanted to do, no, right? No, no, yeah. no, no, no. That's not right. That's, not, that's exactly what you wanted to do. If you can't tell me well, that America is yeah. not better than uh, it's better than Afghanistan, there's something wrong with your head. Okay. Yeah, it, it yeah. okay. It is uh, yes in uh, some aspect, but the rest in I mean, some aspect. Get the fuck out of here, man. You're on some bullshit, man. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Let, uh, uh, okay. Dan, getting back to you again. What's the – um Ruben, I just to let you know I got about 10 more minutes because I my phone – Oh, gone. yeah, yeah, no. We got, we got three minutes. We got three minutes to go. Uh, okay. Finally, I want to touch on this. Forty-four senators believe that unwanted babies own, uh, born alive should lie on a table until death from neglect. What is you, has has that ever happened? I mean, I've never personally. I've never seen that. Forty-four U.S. senators basically uh, signed okay, on well, to that, that bill. That, that, that's a, that sort of goes back to our prior question. We're going to put a guy in jail for drugs, and it may be terrible what he did, and we're going to put him in jail for 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 a lifetime or now twenty-five years. But if somebody who says that you could kill a baby, it, 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 they get applauded. And, and, and I, that, that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. You know, to me, life is, is the most sacred thing in the world. And I, I guess you could make the argument that drugs kill. And I guess they do. And, 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 and I understand all of that. But here you, here you have people that are, are, are wearing suits and ties and going to work in, in Mercedes and, and, and in respectable offices and they're, to me, the biggest criminals of all, because if you start saying that you could kill a baby, if you could justify that, you really could justify anything. I mean, there's right. really no, no rules at all at this point. Then. All right. Isn't it only the left that justifies that, basically? What? I'm sorry? Isn't it the left that does that, and the, the, the liberals exactly. in this country? I mean, well, it's, I it's I issues. I, you talk yeah, about, you can say left or right, yeah. but I say godless. I think that's godless. Okay, well, let's who, – who, which, which political party – is completely supportive of abortion, even in the late term. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear what you only saying. one. Yeah. Right. So let's be honest. Let's just call it like a spade a spade, and let's not pretend that, oh, it's ambiguous. We know where this is coming from. 612, you, 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 you,
Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say they're connected. I would say the Democrat Party and hell are they want they're on the same team. <laughs> Six one two, fantastic. Uh, um, I love your 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 spirit and and and, and everything about what you just said, uh, Dan. Um, your website, your book. Yes, it's we got we got. Okay, thank seconds. you, Ruben. It's one eight hundred nowhurt dot com. I'm a trial lawyer. I practice uh, personal injury law in all 50 states. We have a staff of 23 people. And, uh, well, we represent seriously injured people wherever they are. And, uh, you know, if you want to get the book, it's Consider the Evidence by Daniel Buttafuoco, a trial lawyer. Um, Where? uses eyewitness testimony in defense of the New Testament. So I hope you guys uh, have a great day. God bless everybody. You too. God bless America. And let's hope we can solve some of these problems here. Okay. Luther, great. Have a good one. Okay, nice meeting you guys. All right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.